You're listening to episode number 65 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about the process of not tracking your macros, how to eat intuitively and where fasting fits into that, how to put yourself first as a mother, signs you need more protein and fat, and so much more. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast. Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. Starting keto and maintaining it long-term can be quite a challenge if you don't feel supported. My 60-day program, The Keto Bundle, provides you with clear step-by-step how-to on successfully adapting to a ketogenic diet, avoiding common ketogenic struggles, and healing your body completely and fully with a ketogenic diet. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle and use the coupon code podcast, all in caps, no spaces, to get 10% off your order, exclusive for podcast listeners only. Now, let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy Sunday and happy almost Christmas. If you're celebrating, I hope you are enjoying today, which is Christmas Eve and that you're surrounded by people that you love and you're having a good time. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E65. The transcript is added to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners. The show is partnered up with Paleo Valley, the makers of the only 100% grass-fed and finished fermented beef stick. Each stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs, and we all know how important fermented foods are to the health of our gut and the strength of our immune system, as well as boosting overall energy. Chowing down on Paleo Valley's fermented beef sticks provides your body with all of the beneficial bacteria it loves in one convenient little stick. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical, additive dye, and preservative-free, as well as being 100% free from carbs and sugar, and made with the highest quality ingredients. Exclusive to listeners of the show, you can receive an instant savings of 20% off Paleo Valley fermented beef stick snacks by going to paleovalley.com keto. And if your jaw is tired just thinking about beef jerky, I gotta tell you that these tasty treats are not tough at all, but more with a little snap. Again, that's paleovalley.com slash keto for an instant 20% off savings. And if you're unsure of the link, simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all of the details. If you have an idea for a podcast episode or want to submit praise over and above your review, which you can leave by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash review, you can reach me at info at ketodietpodcast.com. No announcements today, so we can just jump right into chatting with our guest today, who's Amanda Tysowski. She's a 30-year-old wife and mom of two on a journey to become the best version of herself for her family. She began the ketogenic diet in January of 2017 with no expectations, just the hope of losing some weight. What she found in the process was herself. She is happier, healthier, living her best life, and has healed her relationship with food using keto. Amanda has lost a pounds without tracking macros on keto and has recently transitioned into tracking as she has started training in the gym. Now, this is a two-part series on macros. Last week, 
episode 64, we chatted about why somebody would want to track macros and the benefits that the individual had seen by tracking their macros. And this week, we're chatting with somebody who doesn't enjoy tracking and who eats intuitively, just so that you guys can see that there are so many different varieties of keto and some people will thrive on one thing and another person will thrive on another. And as long as we're just feeling good and being truthful and honest with our body and our progress, we really can't ask for anything more. So if you are triggered by conversations of macros and tracking and calories, you might just want to skip this episode. It's very pro intuitive eating, but if you just don't even want to hear anything about macros, I would just skip it. So without further ado, let's cut over to the interview. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Hey, Amanda, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. So for listeners that may not be familiar with you, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about who Amanda is? Sure. So uh, my name is Amanda. I'm a 30-year-old mom. I stay home with my two kids who are three and one. And I live in Winnipeg. Uh, It's in Manitoba, right in the middle of Canada. Which is an amazing province. I really like Manitoba. Kevin and I went there a couple of months ago during the summer, actually. And We were amazed at just how friendly people are in Manitoba. Yeah, we have it uh, right on our license plates. You do. I (laughs) thought it was a lie, (laughs) but it's not. No, it's actually true. Yeah. And yeah, it was actually at your book signing. Yeah, I had no idea. It took me a little while to put the two together, but thanks so much for coming to the signing. I remember Winnipeg. That was almost at the end of the tour, and I was so tired, (laughs) so... Thank you for coming. I can imagine. (laughs) Okay, so I want to chat a little bit about, first off, your keto experience and what that was like adapting and how you found keto. And then I want to get into the details of eating intuitively and whether or not you track your macros and things like that. So first off, how did you find the ketogenic diet? So I kind of find found keto um, by accident. You know, being a mom, I started reading labels and I wanted to cut out sugar. So when I had my second child, after my first child, actually, I had done great. I lost the weight. I was doing great. And I gained a lot with my second child. And I tried everything I could to lose weight the same way. And it just wasn't coming off. And I knew I needed to change something. So I started out on this journey to reduce sugar. And I went on to Instagram to like follow some people who cut sugar and, you know, look for recipe inspiration and whatever. And I kind of came across keto and it just all kind of fell into place from there. That's amazing. Not many people can say like, I just fell into it and it felt really great. (laughs) So And what was your experience adapting? Because you were saying like you enjoyed sugar and you were trying to figure out how to remove it. So was that experience of completely overhauling your diet a nightmare? Was it pretty easy? What did you find? You know, I am actually surprised at how easy it was. I think I was just mentally ready, which makes a big difference. But 
yeah, we just started making substitutions like cauliflower rice for rice and just really cleaned up our food, um, stopped eating like so much box food or takeout and just started preparing our own food. And we actually found like just having um, some chicken and vegetables for supper. Like we, we don't miss having the pasta or the bread or anything with it. So it actually came quite, quite easily. And I'm, yeah, I really enjoy it. That's awesome. And so good. I think when you're meant to make a change, it it's a lot easier because you're driven and you just want to make that change and it becomes a lot easier to adjust things. So that's cool that that was your experience. How has keto changed things for you now that you've been eating keto? What sort of changes have you noticed? Well, obviously weight loss has been a big um, part of it for me. It started out that way, kind of turned into more of a health journey for me now. But um, this weight loss has been amazing. Like I have lost 105 pounds since January. So it's October now or November. Yeah, it's November. Yeah, I never know uh, what month it is. (laughs) (laughs) It switches so quickly these days. Yeah, so the weight loss has been great, but my body feels better. It functions better. It doesn't ache as much. Um, I just feel better and more alert. So, I mean, when you feel like that, you really feel like you know, you want to continue this and it makes it worth it when you see somebody having, you know, bread or pasta and you want it, but then you think, I don't want to feel that way after. And it just, it it just reassures you. And yeah. Mm, That's awesome. That's so good. And what was your process when you started eating keto? I'm sure you learned about macros and what those were. Did you track immediately? Did you not track? What was your process with figuring out macros? You know, I didn't. Um, I kind of went into it with nobody um, to support me or no guidance maybe is a better word for it. I didn't know. I didn't really do any research for it. And so I didn't really know about macros until a little bit, maybe about a month into my journey. And I took a look into them and I thought, oh, those are overwhelming. I'm doing good on my own. And I just went with it. So yeah, (laughs) I I just kind of went with it and it worked for me. So I just continued doing that. Holy moly. Okay, back up the bus. I have so many questions because um, it's very rare to meet somebody that starts keto and is like, eh, macros, too much work, not doing it. But even when you found out about macros, you were also thinking too much work. What were you doing instead of counting macros? Like, how did that work? You know, honestly, I don't know how to answer that. Like, I try to think back to January and I just changed my diet. I had a bulletproof coffee in the morning. I had bacon and eggs. And then, you know, I would make my husband, you know, we would have like um, like a cauliflower beef dish, like because it's winter. So a nice comforting food dish with cheese on it. And we would just eat that. And we were both losing weight. And (laughs) so we, we just went with it and it just worked out. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of science. To, like, I, I get the same question all the time is like, how could you not track? And it's sort of like, well, I know what things have carbs. I know what things don't. I know what fat is. So I just eat the things that don't have a lot of carbs and pair it with a bunch of fat. Like, <laughs> So it doesn't have to be complicated. I think a lot of people make it more complicated. And so you're saying more like you set the intention of eating low carb, high fat, and then you just do that. So you've been eating this way almost for a year. What has changed with macros, if anything, throughout your experience on keto so far? Well, last month I started back at the gym, so October, and I decided that because I hadn't tracked, and so many people asked me about tracking, that I would give it a shot. Kind of the, I'm putting the work in the gym, so I'm going to put the work in the kitchen kind of mentality. So I tried tracking, 
And I didn't lose any weight that month. And um, I actually, I was very stressed out about it. And so this month I'm back to not tracking. But I do have to say though, I did learn a lot about protein and fat and where it comes from in food. So now, now that I'm back to eating intuitively, I kind of can make some better choices towards incorporating more protein for my, um, my workouts, um, but still, still not um, tracking. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I find whenever I start being mindful of macros, I end up overeating or undereating or just becoming obsessive. Like it's very quick process for me. So that's that's really cool that you experience a similar thing. Now to get kind of back to the intuitive eating on keto and what's that that's like, you kind of talked a little bit of an example day of of the foods that you eat. I'm wondering if you could go through a typical day of how you know, uh, this might be a silly question, you might be like, I don't know, I just do. And that's totally fine. But how do you know when you're hungry? And how do you know if you should be eating versus not eating if a tracking app isn't telling you, you know, you have 500 calories left for the day? How do you how do you figure out what to eat if, if an app isn't telling you what to eat? Well, I, I start the day and I, you know, I have my water and when I feel like actual hunger, when the water doesn't do it, that's when I start to eat for the day. And so from there, um, I just kind of eat what I feel like eating throughout the day. And then the thing about keto for me is it's the first time that I've ever been able to feel full in my life. I, I used to be able to eat and eat and I wouldn't have that full reflex. Like I, would, I could eat a plate of food and go back for more and continue eating with keto. I think it's because of the fat. I know when to stop eating because my body feels full. And that's something that I've never been able to experience before. And um, I actually feel it's quite empowering for me to not have that uh, food maybe so much have such a power over me. That's awesome. And so because you're so in tune with your body and you're pretty pro, you know, eating intuitively, what made you decide to start tracking? Was it that everyone was just asking you about your macros you mentioned perhaps on social media and you wanted to give it a try or what was that thought process like when you're like, I'm going to track my macros and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly that. Um, people keep asking me about it and you know, if I'm going to give advice to someone, I think I should have some firsthand experience maybe. Um, so I've, I'm for, I thought I was far enough into this journey that, that I could probably maneuver the macros without them overwhelming me so much now that I have a better understanding of it. And I thought, with me going back to the gym, this would probably be a great time to start it. So put the work in the kitchen, put the, you know, as with the work in at the gym as well, especially with the protein. I wasn't sure that I was hitting that macro. So I thought, um, yeah, I'm just going to give it a shot. And then maybe I can give some better advice to people who are asking for it from having a perspective from intuitive eating versus tracking. Brilliant. And now that you're on the other side of it and kind of just going back to more intuitive eating on keto, and that's kind of been your experience while being keto, are there any specific support systems you've used to stay in that intuitive realm? Because let's be honest, the keto atmosphere is very much about macros and counting and calculating. How do you stay true to yourself when there's all that discussion everywhere? Is there a special place you go to or anything that you can share with listeners? Yeah, I don't think so. I just, I just do what I want when I feel like it. I feel like that's too easy of an answer. But that's really that's all I've done. 
Mm, that's amazing. If I if I want to go have, you know, a slice of cheese or I want to go have some bacon or veggies or whatever, I just, I go and I do it and I eat it. And then if I'm full, then I stop. And then maybe later I won't have as big of a meal. I just, I just kind of listen to how I feel. More on my interview with Amanda Tysowski after this message from one of our podcast partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true north strong and free, but gosh, am I jealous that y'all in the U.S. get access to Thrive Market. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you 35% off your first box of groceries plus free shipping and a 30-day trial. Imagine spending only $9.95 as opposed to the $20.99 on raw cacao powder or $7.45 on avocado oil mayo as opposed to $13.99 on other online shopping sites. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra 35% off your first box of groceries plus free shipping is going to transform a regular $100 grocery run into a $50 to $75 Thrive Market order. For the same amount of things, go to thrivemarket.com HP to get your instant 35% off. This offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all of the details. Was there anything that occurred in your life where you became a more intuitive person towards your body? It sounds like you have a lot of um, self-respect and self-care and kindness. It's not something that I hear of a lot, especially with women who have children, because they always put their family first. And the last thing they're thinking is eating intuitively and taking care of their body. Do you have a self-care practice? Or are you just naturally one of those people that is a very strong, independent woman that doesn't take their bodies for granted? Well, I have taken my body for granted for a long time. And I think just this whole journey has been really empowering for me. And I've really found myself. It goes kind of hand in hand with turning 30 this year. My husband told me that I kind of had a little midlife crisis. Um, (laughs) I've been um, just really treating myself this year and just going above and beyond to really um, just put myself first. Now that my, my youngest is, he's over one now and is not so needy of me. I've just really, really tried to enforce putting myself first and taking care of me so that I can have more to give to them during the day, I guess. Mm. How do you put yourself first? I'm so curious. I know that there's a lot of moms listening. That's like, how are you doing this woman? (laughs) Well, this is going to sound crazy, but I started going to the gym at 6am last month. And I never thought that I would say that I enjoy that. So that for me that I get up because my alarm clock told me to get up, not because my kid woke up, really helps. And then that one hour of mental being away, like I I do a class setting. So one hour of just mentally being able to shut down everything really helps do something for myself. So if I go buy something or I started like treating myself to like a Starbucks or um, like doing a face mask or just something for myself. And like when they're in bed too, I've just really tried to put myself first or me and my husband time, you know, just getting my life back. If that sounds, that sounds terrible, but I'm trying to take my life back. It's so true. I mean, not even comparable, but we just got a puppy not too long ago. And it's been really challenging to like, 
care for her. And there have been weeks where I have not taken care of myself. And I'm like, how do parents of humans do this? Like, I'm having a hard time with a dog. So I totally get that feeling of just needing time for yourself 100%. I'd like to shift gears just slightly and chat more about your ketogenic experience, because it's very rare that we get to speak to somebody who is more of an intuitive person when it comes to their eating. What has been your experience or have you had experience in initially, it sounds like you wanted to lose a bunch of weight with keto and you've had great success with that. Have you started looking at healing your body with keto? Have those two happened at the same time of weight loss and healing? Or what's been your experience, if any, with healing your body and keto? Well, I think that they've kind of gone hand in hand. Um, I think the weight loss comes when your body is is healing itself. I know your body's not going to lose weight if you're if there's other things going on to an extent, I guess. But yeah, I think also just the reduce, like reducing grains um, or reducing, eliminating grains. My whole life I've had this rash that I've gotten and it comes on in um, unexpected and it's no doctor has been able to tell me what it is and I haven't got it since I've started keto. So I think there's some things happening uh, that coincide and I can, the only difference in my life is that I've um, eliminated grains, you know, sugars, refined foods, processed foods. So I think that just eating foods that are clean, unprocessed, it just, it all just works together and your body is just happy and the weight just come, not just comes off, but it's a a pleasant side effect of it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So happy for you. That's just great. Do you keep track of the food that you eat with a food journal just to kind of see how food is interacting with your body or do you not bother with that? I haven't much in the past. Um, it's something I think I want to start doing. I think that I'm, I need to start eliminating dairy a little bit. So um, I think I want to start journaling that a little bit more. How do you know that you want to start removing dairy? What's, what's that all about? I've noticed I've had this little obsession with halloumi cheese lately. And I don't readily have it because there's only one store near me that has it. And every time I go buy it, I've got um, some cystic acne that pops up on my face. And I'm kind of starting to put the two and two together. So I'm, I think I will start journaling my food and tracking to see how the, um, the dairy does affect my body. Bummer, man. I hope, I hope I know. it's not the dairy, <laughs> but it very well could be. No. <laughs> I've suspected it for a while and this is, yeah sad. Yeah, baby steps. Uh, Kevin, my husband just started eating dairy again. And he hasn't had dairy in years since before we met. He's st- well, he stopped eating dairy on our first date. I was like, I think you're allergic to dairy. You keep clearing your throat. He's like, what's dairy? And I explained it to him. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I'm totally allergic to it. I'm like, wow. But he started eating it again. And he's been clearing his like, there's a lot of phlegm in his throat and he keeps clearing his throat. I'm like, babe, yeah, so you're eating cheese, but you know, live your truth. He'll figure it out. And then he'll be like, oh yeah. So baby steps, you can't do it all. Okay. I want to chat with you about meal plans and just the hustle bustle of your daily life. How do you eat intuitively while also preparing meals and um, going to work or not, or taking the kids to school or not, or all the, all the activities that you have for your kids? How do you plan around that? 
That's a good question. I'm not entirely sure myself. <laughs> it is very busy. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually eat until um, I've picked my daughter up from preschool. Um, so that kind of works hand in hand. Um, and then in the mornings, I generally just take out something for dinner. So if I feel like today, I felt like I want to have taco salad for dinner. So I took out some beef, it's thawing and I'll make it when my husband comes home. So I basically eat two meals a day and then I just snack if I need to in between. So I have that meal when I, after I pick up my daughter and then we just have supper together as a family, as much as my children don't think that they're going to have a supper with us. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And what about like food timing? When you started keto and were eating more intuitively, was, was there a time where you started just naturally fasting and intermittent fasting or how did... How does fasting work into your eating right now? Yeah, I'm not sure when I incorporated it. I think it was probably about two months in when I started intermittent fasting, when I started following people and, uh, you know, starting to read up a little bit more on what, what fasting was and intermittent fasting. But eventually, I think as my body became fat adapted, I just, I just naturally wasn't hungry in the morning. And so I think I eliminated, if I remember correctly, I started eliminating breakfast and just having like a bulletproof coffee. And then eventually I pushed the bulletproof coffee back. And yeah, if, if I'm full and I, I can't be forcing my body to eat. So it just kind of happened naturally, I think. I think oftentimes, like probably the most common keto mistake I see is people start eating keto and three days in, they start forcing themselves to fast. And I don't know if you remember day three on keto, but I remember day three on keto and it was probably the worst day. <laughs> like It was just the worst. You're so hungry and you're so tired and you just don't feel right. And all you want is carbs. At least I did. Like I was dreaming of sugar. I couldn't stop thinking of it. So that's probably not the best time to start fasting. So I really like that you said, yeah, it just kind of like happened. And that's how it should happen. It's just one day you go until 1pm without eating. You're like, wow, I guess I just fasted. Hey, welcome to intermittent fasting. So that's cool that that was your experience too. More on my interview with Amanda Tysowski after this message from one of our podcast partners. Support for this podcast comes from Broya. Okay, so I know Canadians always get left out of special podcast offers, but I have one for you. And it involves bone broth, real wholesome quality made bone broth. I've searched high and low for a Canadian bone broth product that I could feel good about sharing and I've finally found it. Enter Broya, whose organic chicken and grass-fed beef bones are slowly cooked for 24 hours and made with ethically sourced, antibiotic-free, hormone-free Canadian-based ingredients. And total game changer, their single-serve bone broths are perfectly flavored with turmeric, salt, apple cider vinegar, and more. Plus, they come in glass bottles, making Broya bone broth super easy to consume. You can go to broyaliving.com and use the coupon code KETO10, all in caps, no spaces, for 10% off. I have a question, um, a kind of like a group of questions about food and how you know whether you're hungry. We paneled our listeners and our private Facebook group, and they had some questions about how to know really when you're hungry. And we kind of chatted about that initially, but how do you know if you need more protein or fat and what does that feel like? Can you put words to it? Oh, that's a tough one. The protein... 
I'm not really sure how to feel that because that's something fairly new to me. Um, I never really even bothered thinking about protein until until I started going to the gym. But um, the fat, every time, if I look back, every time that I've been kind of in a stall, I've noticed that I've it's when I haven't been incorporating enough fat into my diet. So I definitely can feel but how do I know that I feel that way? I guess it's just a reflection kind of on the scale. Um, if the scale's not moving for me, that's kind of when I know that my fat intake hasn't been adequate. Mm, okay, so then if the scale's not moving, you're saying that one of your lessons that you've learned being keto is that you need to eat more fat. Yes. Amazing. Are there any other lessons that you have that you've learned along the way that you'd love to share? I say I've really learned a lot about myself that I didn't expect along this journey. Um, I never knew that I was an intuitive eater. I didn't know that I was in tune with my body. So I didn't actually know that until I started tracking. I didn't <laughs> put really two and two together and that that tracking month really enforced that I, I know like I know what's going on in my body. But yeah. I would say like from my experience, um, the way that I know that I need more fat is when I'm craving carbohydrates, not necessarily like it's not a really strong craving, but those will be the days where I'm like, I could have a carb up for lunch. And then I'm like, what? No, that's not a thing. And then usually that's because I haven't had enough fat or for protein. I find that if it's like a deep hunger and I'm not satisfied, like even after I've eaten, I just feel snacky. That's usually a good indication that I need more protein. So yeah, really great lessons learned. And that's taken me years to figure out. So hopefully that helps people listening and you don't have to struggle as much as we both have, <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, let's chat about snacks. What are some of your favorite keto-friendly snacks? Like, do you snack? Is that a thing for you? Oh, I definitely snack. So cheese has been a big snack for me. So I'm a little bit concerned about how I'm going to replace that. I love cucumbers. I could eat those by the <laughs> by the gallon. Chia pudding is a big favorite right now. Sometimes I'll take those wisp crackers or cheese crackers and um, I'll have that with some salsa. We um, have a little salsa garden in our backyard when, when it's nice outside here and we always make our own. That sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. So good. And What's your favorite family-friendly keto meal? You ch you've chatted about a couple of things, but a meal that's keto that all of the people like in your family, what's like the go-to? Well, I can't include my kids because they don't eat even if I, no matter what I feed them. But um, my husband, this week I made a spaghetti squash Alfredo and he said he would pick that hands down any day over a regular or traditional um, Alfredo dish. Whoa. That's our, our go-tos. Where did you get the recipe? <laughs> um, probably Pinterest, um, a little bit of trial and error, but it's, it's so simple and it's so satisfying, especially as we approach these cooler months. Uh, there's so much keto comfort food out there and I'm really excited to uh, try out a bunch of new recipes coming up here. Yeah, I agree with you. I've been digging like soups and stews and things, even though where I am, it's like, really hot right now. I think it's like 35 degrees Celsius, which is just really hot Fahrenheit. I don't even know what that translates to probably like 90s. But still, even though it's it's still winter, and I'm still craving warmer things, even though it's really hot outside. So I feel you on that. Okay, let's chat about 
your fullness factor, because we chatted a little bit about fat and you saying that when you're on the scale and it's not budging and you're, you've hit a weight plateau and you increase your fat, how do you know if you're eating too much fat? Has that happened to you where you eat too much fat ever? I don't think so. No, I don't think I can recall any time that, that I've had too much fat. Oh my gosh, really? Wow. That's cool. <laughs> I've overdone it a couple of times. Yeah. I always say I'll never do it again. And then I do it again. And I'm like, shoot. And then you feel I, oh, it's the worst feeling. I hope you never have to experience that. <laughs> you just like overdo it. So like super nauseous and like beyond full, not as bad as if you eat too much protein. I've done that before. Or eat too much food when you've been fasting for a long time. And then you break a fast with like a 3000 calorie meal. And you're like, why did I do that? But it's mo mostly nausea. When I was playing around with whether or not I could eat butter. And the answer is no, I can't eat butter. But when I was playing around with it, I ate an entire stick of butter with an entire batch of flax crackers in one sitting. And I, it was the worst feeling ever. That was probably the, the only time I really overdid the fat. And I was going to donate blood that day. And <laughs> I felt so bad after I donated blood that I was out for like four days. And I guarantee it was because I just had too much fat and then donated blood. It was just this horrible mishmash of the wrong things. So if anyone out there is going to donate blood, maybe don't eat a stick of butter. I'd love to chat with you about carb ups and whether or not you practice carb ups. Do you practice carb ups? I have not. Um, or not intentionally anyways. Um, I'm sure there are some days where I've gone over on my carbs. If I had too much veggies or maybe keto friendly foods that sometimes I indulge in, but, um, yeah, I, I haven't purposely gone to do a carb up before. Cool. Okay. Awesome. I always like to ask. It's interesting to hear different stories from people. Okay. So what do you feel is missing in the keto space for women right now? I like to ask that question of our keto experience people. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't really know. I just kind of live on Instagram these days. So I mean, there's a great support system there that I don't really feel that anything's really lacking for me. Mm, so your thing is really much support and making sure that you have the support and you feel like for women specifically, there's a lot of support out there. Yeah. Um, well, on, on, in the Instagram community for sure. It's been game changing for me. Amazing. And what's your personal favorite keto thing to eat right now? We chatted about feeding your family and things like that and your snacks. But what's like the go to thing that you can't live without on keto? Oh, that's a that's a tough There's so much good stuff there. Yeah, right now it's probably chia pudding. Like I'm kind of obsessing over it. Okay, what do you do to your chia pudding? How do you make it? I am so basic. I just <laughs> use some coconut milk, some ch chia seeds, and I put a little bit of vanilla stevia drops in there. And that's pretty much all I do with it. Um, if we have in the house, which we don't often now that it's cooler, um, I really love raspberries in there. But yeah, now it's kind of out of season gone, which is sad. Yeah, I totally understand. Raspberries are delicious. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Amanda. I really appreciate it. Um, I think you shared some really good words of wisdom when it comes to wanting to eat intuitively with keto and just stand your ground and really be confident in that. So thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I was blown away and honored that, uh, that I would ask 
podcast and it was a really great experience. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. And I will see you around probably on Instagram. For sure. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.